All right, we're live. Let's live. See Let's see if it's working. We're live. All right. Yeah, we're good. We're golden. All right. Episode one, Fine Lines Podcast with the boys. Had to get BK on, first of all, since I think the first time I ever did a pod was with BK. So natural addition of the first podcast. And then uh, Matt Gannon, a.k.a. Jers, with us as well how are you guys doing i'm good um i got some unfortunate news today um (laughs) so i'm i'm a little upset but i'm just using kind of like positive manifestation instead of like i can't do it i can do it and i will do it um so i've been better in my life but we'll 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 make the best of it the natural follow-up question would be, what was the bad news that uh, um, befell you? So I thought I passed my like insurance brokerage exam. You sent the, you sent the yeah. score. You but that was just passed. the pre-licensing exam. I have oh. to pass the actual state test. And I ha- it's like proctored and shit. And so, yeah, um, that is the unfortunate news I got today. Matt, how are you doing? That's tough. Yeah, well, happy to be here. The lines are very fine. The margins are small. Yeah. It's just it's Ryder Cup week. Like, what else could we ask for? This is the best way to kick off Vince Ricks, I believe so. Vince Ericks, however you want me to pronounce it. But we're here. Like, this is what we've been waiting for. Uh, 1.30 a.m. wake-up call. I know Brian's probably not missing a shot. So we're here. Are you going to miss a shot, Adam? Are you going to be through this, like, every single shot? I think because... I'll be going live after the golf on, I guess that'll be Friday and Saturday. And, Saturday. and I feel like Can a you? lot of people will be sleeping. So I think it's my responsibility to watch all of the golf and then give, you know, a quick spiel about, you know, at 3 a.m. when uh, Patrick Cantlay hit a 70 footer for birdie. I've got to be able to, you know, share what took place with the. Uh, that's the a, that's that's a that's a dig for sure. That one. That one hurts. So <laughs> it's Ryder Cup week. I think the biggest story of the week definitely has been the movement in the line, no pun intended, with the the Fine Line podcast. BK, I know you're in the content streets. I haven't been listening to a lot of content this week. I've been a little busy. So can you kick us off with what is driving? I Like, what are the takes that are pushing the Euro line beyond just like the Ryder Cup is in Europe? Because I really haven't heard that many beyond that. Yeah, I, I honestly think that everything it's it's more reflective of how wrong the line was just a few months ago than what the odds actually are right now. I think that it is US should be a slight favorite and it, it is very close. But I just think that a couple months ago, since you could get Europe at plus one eighty, plus one seventy, and now it's all the way here. I just think the line was wrong a couple months ago and it's, it's more market corrected. Um, But I also do think that when you look at Europe's top eight on paper um, in a, you know, potential like foursomes, like right off the bat, it looks really strong in, in my opinion. So I think that coupled with, again, they haven't won in 30 years and Europe is way better than they were in 2021. I I do think America should be like minus 125. So I don't think the market's that far off. 
to piggyback yeah. off what you said real quick, Brian, I totally agree with you. But are we we all bet futures? Like I I know Brian bets futures, me and you, Adam, do here and there. But what is it? Was it a pride thing why we didn't bet Europe at like plus one eighty, plus one ninety? Because like hindsight, that was blatantly wrong, and we probably yeah. should have known that. Um, but like I I know I never was going into the past like year and a half like yeah I want to bet Europe no matter what the number is, but like you know how strong I am about my American pride take uh, this Ryder Cup. Hindsight, we should have probably bet that plus one ninety, whatever plus one eighty. Or how do you feel about that? I. So without getting into a deep dive on CLV and if you just are on the right side of the line, like does, does that count as a win? That's a win. It's a win for sure. If I still think even if there was never a time where I considered the plus 180 as a, I just, I agree with you. I, I like what I I've I have such confidence in the US side, and we'll get to that in a second, that I think sure, obviously, yeah, if you bet something at plus one eighty and it moves to, you know, minus one ten or whatever it is right now, that's a, a win in itself. I just think the Ryder Cups every two years, there's gonna be a winner, there's gonna be a loser. I've always wanted to be on the US side, and I think that US at plus one ten is better than Europe at plus one eighty in my like how I'm thinking about things. So I'm happy with how things have gone and we'll we'll get into why I'm, you know, positive on the US uh side here in a bit. But as things stand right this second, I know BK, you were talking last night, you were kind of on the fence, but I think you looked yeah. like this morning you saw some pairings that may have gotten you more excited about the US side, but taking those odds out of it, just straight up, the Ryder Cup is starting on Friday. Give me a high level assessment of uh how you're feeling right this second. My high level assessment is that um, this is the first time Tiger and Phil haven't been on a team since 1993 in some regard. Um, this is the first time Europe has started with foursome since 1993. This is the most cohesive, talented American side we've seen. Um, you know, it's probably pretty comparable to, to 2021. Um, and I think the course is more Americanized than uh, Le Golf National or a K Club. I think it's it's more of an American style venue. And I think they learned a lot in 2021. So that's why I lean America. But at the same time, I am not discrediting Europe as much as you guys are, because I think they're ridiculously talented. I think Hovland has kind of elevated himself to, if not the best player in the world, a top two, top three player in the world currently. And then you have a wild card in Ludwig. Tommy and Hatton had a great year. And it's not like, oh, Tommy's this loser. He can't do it in a Ryder Cup when he was the best player in Rome, when he was probably a worse player. I just, I'm having a hard time discounting the European side, even though I have a lot of reasons to be more um, optimistic about the U S side in, in the past 30 years. And I guess on that front, taking a step back and, and Matt, I guess your assessment of the course itself. And then, you know, maybe we talk more about who, how that actually plays into the players, but what is your assessment? There's been three uh, Italian opens now at Mar- Marco Simone. Uh, with Hoygaard as DP World Tour guys, we know. Yeah, this, like, this like is we we know Marco Simone. Uh, we got Hoygaard one there, 
in uh, 2021. Bobby Mack, a surprising win, in my opinion, in uh, 2022. And then uh, BK and I, BK, were you on? No, no it was Debo. It was Debo. Like, that, like, that was when I was like, oh, I was on- my own. I can make my own DP play. That's right. I think I bet like Rosner or some other loser instead of uh, Moran, but it's it's fine. But we've got three, two winners that I would say similar in in Hoygaard and Moran to some degree, and maybe Bobby Max slightly uh, different. But Matt, uh, what's your assessment of? Uh, yeah. The so course? on that on that golf course, I would say every single Ryder Cup for the last every million years every single Ryder cup in europe was a clear distinct advantage to the european side on a golf course side now these european players no one plays that european style of golf you can maybe name two players on the Ryder Ryder cup team if that's even a thing anymore every one of these golfers plays an american style golf golf bombing gouge hit it out there as far as you can and get the ball in the hole so with that being said the only i would say home field advantage would be the crowd and these guys are used to playing in big moments at least a majority of them um so i don't think there's real a real advantage for playing at marco simone playing anywhere in the world these guys all play the same style of golf and that's just not like a thing anymore and it was at la golf national a few years ago and that's just completely not a thing anymore because those high level european golfers on the team x amount of years ago the molinaris those were the last of that style of golf in my opinion I know it's not dead, but you know what I'm saying. The Americanized style yeah. bombing gouge is totally the They all play on the PGA Tour. Right. And, I, and I, this is not a short positional course by any means. No, and I think on that front, you know, one thing I like to do, especially for DP World Tour tournaments, just because there's not as much data and it's kind of tough to get a sense of how the course is playing, is I kind of just go through, look historically at players who maybe finished first, second, or third, for example, at that course in previous years and kind of get a sense of both how they played on the week from a strokes gain perspective and how they were playing coming into the event. And when you look at, I think I did first and second place. So in 2021, we're talking about Hoygaard, Fleetwood, Moronk, and then 2022, Bobby Mack and Fitzpatrick, and then 2023, Moronk and uh, our boy Romain Langask. You're looking at all, how many players is that? All seven of those players were above two or average in distance. So every single one of those guys above two or average in distance, all but one of them, a positive putter, Hoygaard being the only one who wasn't a positive putter coming into the event in what he won in 2021. Um, and all but one of those players was below tour average or world average when we're talking about the DP World Tour in accuracy. So to your point about this being a considerably different test than what we would have seen at uh, Le Golf National, shout out uh, Jordan Smith uh, last week there. But we're talking about a-, a recap pod just on that final round. <laughs> we could spend a lot of time Years. on what <laughs> on what took place last weekend. But when I talk about a course that's distance, we've got guys who are putting well. Maybe what does that remind you of? I know I saw some interviews. A lot of the players were saying that they, you know, were struggling maybe to give a comparison course to what this may be. What when you hear, you know, distance putting, what kind of courses maybe come to mind? And and then getting into the, obviously the the field this week or the the teams this week, players instantly that maybe jump to mind um as guys you like screams quail hollow to me screams yeah. windy c it's literally windy, yeah, windy c. c it's driver it's... putter um so yeah i mean that that's what i 
personally think about when I think about elite driving and elite putting. It's what Windy C has done this year at Quail Hollow and LACC, and maybe even a little bit of uh, of Sam Burns, um, so- another guy like that. And I think. I don't know. I, I would even throw I would throw Ricky in there a little bit. I know he, he had a great iron season. I think it's probably more irons and putting, but I, I think of Ricky a little bit. And I think when we talk to the iron play aspect, what's really interesting too is that I kind of ran some numbers. It's up on the site. Let me just pull it up here. Um, for like the proximity buckets, basically for the venue as well. And I think Rory talked about a couple of weeks ago, the goal being take wedges yeah. out of the Americans hands, which, you know, I don't know if the numbers necessarily support that, but that's clearly what the thinking of, of yeah. the European side is. And when you look at the approach buckets from, I kind of just looked at the top three players in the Italian open this last year, they're below 175 yards is below two or average number of shots in every single bucket of those categories. So the goal of being a little long iron, uh, being the main iron aspect as well. Again, tying back into that quail hollow uh, feel. And it's funny that you brought that up because that was, you know, without asking it, that was something that kind of popped into my mind when when looking a little bit closer at the stats. Um, and obviously we saw what uh, Wendy C did there this year as well as Xander. And Xander, he basically won too. They both won it. Talking so. about Windy C, Quell Hollow thing, I was just listening to one of his recent interviews this past month, or past few weeks with uh, Drew Stoltz. I believe it was Drew Stoltz. He talked about the rough being something that none of these guys have seen before, kind of on both sides of the uh, of the equation, both teams, because not everyone's used to Marco Simone, especially in these conditions. They said the rough was like a mix of a cheap municipal fescue that was just grown out to your knees. So it's just something these guys are just so not used to. Basically saying anything in that fairway, I mean, in that rough is nearly dead. So that just goes to show none of these guys are used to playing that style of golf right now. Like just being that deadly accurate, which I don't know how, if it's going to play out like that, but I just think there's again, zero course advantage on either side, just based off what Wyndham said. Yeah, I think so. What's interesting, you know, with the driver putter combination, just looking at the actual players for both sides here. And also I think so, like modeling this week, birdie or better 200 plus, I think is a, is a good one. I think yeah. uh, going for green birdie or better. That's kind of a, you know, not the best stat to use all the time, but I think it's interesting in this context as we like good things. Good things. Al's not on the, on the scene because that would not be good. <laughs> When we look birdie or better, 200 plus, a guy that you just mentioned, BK, Ricky Fowler, number yeah. three right there, and birdie or better, 200 plus. Rory obviously leading the way there, Cantlay, Scheffler, and then Ludwig, tough to nail down his statistics at this point. But I guess going there to Aberg, how yeah. do you see the course fit for him this week? Being a guy who's tough to nail down, yeah, statistically, since we don't have the the history I think of him. He, I just I think he's going to be deadly in alt shot. You know, I, I don't know if he has the finesse around the green or if he's you know this elite putter or anything. But I just don't see how when you're playing with if he's playing with Hovland, which I think he is. If you have a top three ball striker in the world, that's also a great putter, and you can put him 320 dead center 
which Hovland does all the time. But still, I just don't know how that's not just a massive, massive advantage for Team Europe. And I do think that he's going to play a pretty big role. I mean, in 2021, this, you know, the elites were playing with scrubs. They were playing with Ian Poulter, Bern Wiesberger. Like they had to kind of, they're lower and they didn't have a guy like, um, Ludwig that could really pop and possesses really elite upside that was kind of unproven at the time. So I personally think Ludwig is going to be a big part of the week. And I would wish he wasn't on the team. Like, I don't think any of us would disagree with that. I, if it was a Moronk or Ludwig, obviously they never would have made that decision, but you would all feel better with Moronk. I know I agree. And to to go on the Ludwig thing, what we've seen from him in the short, the small sample size, like you said, we can't really paint a full picture on his stat profile, but we know how elite he is with the driver. The two tournaments he contended in, the one that he won, obviously, and then the one that he blew on Sunday, were both courses where no matter where he's playing, he's dominating with the driver. But every time he's had a course where he was averaging like 150 and out, he was not playing well with his irons. Anytime he had yeah. a wedge in his hand, he was dialed. So that just goes to show maybe he's just not a great iron player. He's that that build that uh, driver putter build we don't know yet so i don't know if that if this golf course really suits it because we said uh the long iron thing so i don't know it's weird to say because but we know how talented he is and he could be awesome he could lead the team if if no one would be that surprised if he led the team because of how talented he is he is but i'm a little bit weary for the for the long iron prowess because we haven't really seen it yet with him and i guess going in to I know BK, you just mentioned the you think that the Hovland Aberg potential pairing is going to be a formidable combination. And I guess before talking a little bit more about the potential pairings itself, or maybe what we would pick if you know we were the captain of, of the team. For both of you, if what do you see as the difference when building a team between the foursomes format, the alternate shot, and the four ball? Like if you were captain, what are some things are you looking for and one side you want more birdies and one side you guys wants more steadier like how do you guys think about the differences in uh team format and maybe what type of players not necessarily the players specifically but just the style of play that you want in those different uh formats? Cheers, take the, take this one first yeah i think you got to go with the most volatile golfers on one team in the four ball format so the example the guys who are making birdies and bogeys like back and forth i think you got you got to put them in the i mean this isn't a, a hot take put them in the four ball format so it's uh you either get a three or you get a five and it's not really going to hurt you whereas if you have those two guys in the uh foursomes pairing or where you're heading all shot then you're kind of screwed so go with the safe guys in when you're hitting all shot and then in the four ball you got to go with the volatile guys yeah i i agree with that um completely um i think that there's not really many people on the american side that the people I have the biggest concern in foursomes all shot would be um, Burns and Ricky. Those are the only two I would be like, yo, like I would I say Jordan too. Yeah, but I don't. I think it's moot because they're gonna play and it doesn't really matter. And I like Solly from No Laying Up said he, he, which I agree with that Jordan and JT. It's one plus one equals three with them. And they yeah. just turn into something different. Again, on the surface level, we do this shit every week. Yeah, Jordan Spieth is not a great, 
you know, well, he's not someone we think, oh, he's just going to put it dead center of the fairway, like consistent off yeah. the tee, like great iron player. But, you know, this again, he gained five strokes off the tee at Oak Hill. So he can do anything, truly. They're um, going to win by five out the gates or lose by five out the gates. And there's not going to be yeah. in between. And, yeah, and I mean, it's not going to matter. Last, it's not going to matter. I remember last Ryder Cup, like, they had the first matchup against Sergio and Rom, and I vividly remember, be, like late Vic Lap being like, "Yeah, Rom and Sergio are probably going to beat them pretty easily," and they did. But then they played well. So, I personally think you go with the more steady ball striker in all shot, and I think there's also the potential to be better and closer together. I don't understand why the relationship matters in any regard in four ball. And I think we saw that at Whistling in the afternoon on Friday. It was like Xander and JT and the, the yeah. pairings got completely weird. mixed up. There's no in four ball. You should just put whatever the data says that they birdie different holes. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they don't know each other or not. You're just going out there. All shot. I agree. You have to have some sign of symmetry. Yeah. And I agree totally with what you guys are saying. And I think what's interesting kind of getting into the pairings and looking back at what the U S did in 2021 was both of the afternoon four ball pairings in both sessions for day one was Bryson and Scotty and Finau and Harris who didn't play in the alt shot format to start the day. And so it's interesting looking, you know, if the U S saw obviously a very winning strategy that they deployed in 2021, I think it's reasonably possible that a similar approach is taken, that there's four guys and two uh, pairs of two, two sets of uh, two that, are only going to play the afternoon four ball Ricky and sessions. And so right. I guess, yeah. So I've, let's see, like there's, I've spent so much time messing around. I can't remember where I ended up. I have Fowler and Harmon playing okay. four ball together, but I guess do you, th- I just tend to think that there's that Harmon's not going to play alternate shot. I think he's like, he's the, a steady player, but he's the worst course fit in my opinion on the American side due to his lack of distance and just like yeah. sole reliance on the putter. So I think, yeah, if you mark Harmon down as, as playing both. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think Wyndham or Ricky are going to play all shots. So I think who, so who do you have Ricky with? I, or, have, I mean, who do you have Wyndham with? So I have Wyndham with Homa. Uh, so, so let, here for alt shot, this is what I've got for the U S side for the opening session. And I think the opening session obviously is important, but the U S in the last two Ryder Cups in Europe has won just three out of 16 points in alternate yeah. shot. That's been the decisive point in pretty much each of those uh, Ryder Cups is the lack of a, a performance by the U S in the alternate shot format. And so, you know, Luke Donald saying that he sees statistically that's a better format for them. That's why they're going out early. Obviously he's gotten the back of his head as well. He's not going to say this out you know, publicly, but, They've dominated the U.S. in this format, yeah. and he's trying to get off to a, a, Which, a start. Honestly, that can't be. if we could talk about that for a second, I'm kind of like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like, I, I don't. Yeah, they've been great in all shot, and it's been the second um, thing in, on Friday. So why would you change? Like, you've always been good in all shot. So I don't get why Do you, you would change that. It feels it's a bold start, and it's why I feel like it, getting up early Friday to watch that very first session or staying up late if you're on the West coast. Like I don't think it's ridiculous to say that it's decisive because if the U S comes out, wins the session 
for the, you know, as I just said, they've been terrible in this format in Europe. Come out, win that session. Sets the tone. It's a high risk strategy, in my opinion, to, yeah. to your point, for Luke Donald to be doing this. Um, and so, to me, the session is the crucial one. And so, getting back to who I had, I think Cantlay Xander is, I don't, yes. that's just a, a lock. I think it now looks like Brooks and Scotty. It better be. Like, I can't imagine that their data team says that Burns, Scotty is a better alt shot. Genuinely. That would be, I would not feel good about a U.S. wager if all shot is Scotty Burns to start tomorrow. I I totally agree. And I think, like, in a, in the, we're not talking too specifically about, like, bets that we're placing from a points perspective today, but we'll know a lot about how this Ryder Cup is going to go based on the pairings that come out tomorrow and whether the U.S. is committed to uh, data-driven strategy, which I tend to believe that they are. I think the narrative that the U.S., is all bros and, you know, friendship, and that's going to be the name of the game. Maybe for JT and Spieth that is, but I think that is a unique case just because of their history and success playing in Europe and have done it before. And, we'll, like, you will know that off the bat. If right. if Scotty's not with then Bur- with Burns, then I think that, that narrative is live. Like, we're going with the data. And I think that that is my opinion right now. I really think that, it's going to be Xander Cantlay, and I think it's going to be Brooks Scotty. I will be surprised and very concerned if that's <laughs> not what happens. Um, and it sounds like you guys are agree, would agree with that. Uh, you have when any... will that be out tomorrow? I think it's like around one-ish or two-ish. Really? Fuck yeah. Yeah, we're going to have plenty of time, and I'll be going live to chat about, about the pairings afterwards. If that's uh, not the case well. where – no, if that is the case where Burns and Scotty aren't playing – does that change your narrative on why Burns on the team? Okay, because like Burns on the team, he's playing with Scotty. Like everyone knows they're best boys. Like, does that change your narrative on re- like then Keegan really should have been on the team, or did, you don't really care? I'm because something for, to think about. Sam is my my guy. Yeah, everyone knows that. You invented him. I I largely invented Sam. I hit him at the match play, so nobody believes in his match play prowess yeah. more than yeah. me. I am very high on him in the four ball format at this yeah. course. I think he's going to be a, a problem, but in a, in a good way, he's going to be a problem for the European side. I will be very concerned if tomorrow when the pairings pop up, he is paired with Scotty. Not no, because I agree I, with you. I'm I actually agree. a little higher. I think that that could be a winning pairing. Like, I'm not going to say that's a throwaway. Like they're guaranteed to yeah. lose. I don't think that. I just think it points to the strategy of how the teams are being put. The pairings are being put together, which would concern me. Um, but let's say that it's Xander Cantlay. Let's say that it's Brooks Scotty. I'm assuming that we're going to send JT and Spieth out there. I It wouldn't yeah. be what I would do. I just think that if you're going to use them, alt shot is being an, a kind of weird format where camaraderie and history of having done it together matters. That's probably the spot that and JT is JT's fine. Like JT will play well. I, I have no yeah. doubts. Top five at Fortnite, dude. You can't, you can't just top five at Fortnite. You no, have to be elite. They don't just give away top fives in Napa. <laughs> yeah. So that's three pairings, and the final one that I got is Max and Colin. Yeah, they're gonna pass. I don't like. I don't like love that team. Like, not gonna lie. Really, I love it. Honestly, yeah. like it's a what? safe team. I feel like it's a safe team with a a, a loaf a loaf ceiling, but a, a high floor. 
Like they're just gonna play solid matches, and not give anything away, but not go and get anything. Yeah, I don't but know. I don't. I, I think that's what you need in all shot. This is a difficult course. Like, how many birdies are gonna be made in all? Okay, shot? no, in four? all shot. I in all shot. Yeah, I was I was thinking the other format. I'm yeah, no, in all shot. And honestly, T to green, Colin and Max are unbelievable. Both of them. Like, I don't expect them to miss many shots. Truly. Um, and Max is a great putter and Colin is a gamer. He's won and he's won a, uh, he's got a good Europe yeah. on slow green. So fuck it. Yeah. So I think if I was a betting man, that's the four U S yeah. teams that I think go out there tomorrow. And if it's different than that, I will be concerned about any of the combinations that are different than that, except maybe I'm, I'm very high on Clark. I think this is a great course for windy i think the confidence that he's brought to the table that's pissing people off is dope like if it backfires and he sucks well then it is what it is but i have no problem with the confidence that he is bringing right now if it was if basically he'd have to probably plug into one of that homa call and pairing he probably would but i don't think he will yeah. but I, if if that were to happen he's the only guy who could join in the alt shot teams for right out of the gates where it wouldn't instantly be concerning yeah. to me i really yeah. hope he plays rory on sunday like truthfully it won't like, truthfully there's no I, way Rory will be out first I, i'm just saying if Wyndham plays rory it's such like a win-win situation for us because he either goes out and and beats him and like energizes I, everything i, I, would, I wouldn't be or surprised. he loses they'll like rory will be, be anyone else a, they'll probably be matched in a four ball they're not gonna play singles but like yeah they'll probably play four balls together well everyone knows how deep that how deep that rivalry runs Wyndham and rory's been going no there's no he he's like literally like one of the greatest players of our generation someone i've looked up to but um like yeah i think i'm better than like it was I, and i also like no one on europe cares it's not a real thing i don't no think one, anyone, no. like no one cares and if there was a guy who was going to make a comparison to rory obviously rory is a more decorated and talented player than clark i that's not what i'm about to say clark won at quail which is rory's that's his course and he beat rory down the stretch yeah. at lacc like why wouldn't he be confident about his ability against Rory yeah. right now? What yeah. like over the last year, what evidence does he have that he can't beat Rory, even at a spot where Rory yeah. is elite? Also player? in a fucking 18 hole volatile match, like anything yeah, you, can happen. You can't shit on him for the take. He, he's yeah. he's confident. Like, let's go, let's go, Wendy. And but, also, what do you guys I, I don't I don't mean to, to hijack him, but it's another point I kind of wanted to make is that when I'm saying like we're well rested. Um, like you, I don't think Europe is gassed because they play the BMW. I really don't, but I do yeah. think it worked out horribly for us. Not that like, I don't know how many Europeans played in the tour championship in 2018, but I think people are forgetting in 2018 us got on a flight from the tour championship <laughs> and it was who scheduled that is the worst yeah, thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And it worked out horribly for them. Because you going from such a high intensity environment, you have no time to decompress. I think my biggest thing, I will probably get to it, but my biggest thing is that US has such a massive advantage in Sunday singles. And then I think for a lot of reasons, which we'll talk about, but I think one of them is just the fatigue factor and the US being more fresh going into Sunday singles, I think is just another feather in their cap to dominate Sunday singles. Yeah. And before getting to the singles, because I definitely have opinions on the uh, singles situation, especially on the bottom half of the European team. 
going back to this first session, because if we think that singles is an advantage for the U.S., and we think that the four-ball format is an advantage for the U.S., and again, to the history of how U.S. has performed in the foursomes or in the yeah foursomes format, I think, again, this just first session could be make or break for Europe specifically due to the advantages that the U.S. may have in those other formats. So I think their selection of who they're going to run out here is very interesting as well and probably a little bit harder to nail down maybe than the U.S. side. I'll go through kind of where my thinking is at. I think one that seems pretty clear at this point is Rom and Hatton. Do we do we think that's... Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, Rom and Hatton. Hovland, you're confident that it'll be Aberg Hovland? Oberg, yeah. Oberg. Yes. What is also the on the Ludwig... It's Oberg. Can we, can it's we like just call him Uber. Ludwig? It's like, yeah. I'm not saying it. I don't know. Weird. It was weird. Did you see the video? I need on to Twitter? watch the video. I saw there was a video. I you need, it's, it's bookmarked for you? Yeah, it's bookmarked yeah, for it's you. Bookmarked. Check your... But I think in general, like, in Alt Shot, Rom has to play, Hatton has to play, Hovland has to play, Fitz has to play, Rory has to play, Fleetwood has to play. Right? Those six are playing yeah. the opening session. Yeah. And then Ludwig's playing. It seems like I like. I think he's better in alt shot. I think. I guess it, it, maybe it's I, like working backwards. Bob Max not playing alt shot in the opening. Oh, serious? Yeah, yeah. Nico's not playing. I I think there's a possibility that Sep plays with Tommy in the alt shot to start. Yeah, I mean, I again, I'm, it's, not, it's, it's I'm not a data analyst, but I feel like Sep's better in you're not in, uh, four ball. It's really it's the Rose spot that it, that's the it's that last box you assume Ludwig's playing, so that's seven. Then there's Lowry, Sep, Rose, Rose, and they're probably paired with either Fleetwood or Fitz, based on kind of how it's been looking yeah. like of how they've been playing. What's the line on Rose Rose matches plays? Matches played two and a half. Roses. Yeah, what's his point total? I don't have it up. I I, I can pull it up. Keep so, keep talking. I'll pull. Oh, Rose overall is for most points overall is plus twenty five hundred, which is low ish. So I think they're projecting him probably to play around three matches, maybe even four. I tend to think that it's going to be him three. and Fitz in the alt shot to start, which puts on the okay. bench Sep Nico. Lowry and Bob, which are all the rookie or Lowry's. Uh, I'm not. really nervous for for Nico's well being in this in this event because this is by far it, he's going to play two matches at most, but he, he's not going to do it. Well. So, so guess- Rose Roses over under total points over one and a half is plus one ten, under one and a half is minus one fifty. Wait, wow. can we say that again? Total points one and a Rose's half. Roses total over. Rose's total points is one and a half. The over is plus 110. The under is minus 150. Fitz is the same line. What is over that? Is, oh, Fitz is over is one and a half, minus 110. The under is minus 125. Sep Shraka over minus one and a half. The under minus one and a half. So they're saying um, Shraka is going to play more than Rose. So then that could mean Sep's going to play that opening session. Yeah. with Tommy. What book is that? DraftKings? DraftKings, yeah. So, just for for fun's sake, let's put... Uh, hold on. I'm going to put uh, Sep in here with Fleetwood. Put Rory with 
with Fitz, I guess, and put Fleetwood with Seth. Yeah, Rory's going to be with Fitz or be with Lowry. Yeah, so Rory, Fitz, Seth, Fleetwood, Hovland, Ludwig, Rom, Hatton. Let's just, for example's sake, say that that's roughly what it's going to be. Again, this is a crucial, decisive session. If you believe in Europe, you have to believe that they're going to get off to a good start here. Who? We've talked about the U.S. teams. With all-shot teams, we've talked about the European all-shot teams here. Xander Cantley, Brooks Scotty, Homa Collin, JT Spieth against Rory Fitz, Sepp Fleetwood, Hovland, Ludwig, Brom, Hatton. How does that play out? How do you see that session going? Who do you feel is can't lose? It's a lock guaranteed. Who do you feel has no chance? Or is everything kind of in the middle? Or Like, this is the decisive session. If you're pro-Europe, you've got to be pro-them here. If you're pro-US, you don't necessarily have to be. But if you think they're going to win the session, you've got to be extremely confident in the US's capabilities. How do you guys see this? George, go first. Yeah, I didn't make many bets, but I did bet on Europe to win the first session. Is it? You talk. You're talking the first session, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Friday morning. I I did bet them to win the first session, three three to one and two and a half to one, just because I can't get over how adamant Donald is about this opening session, just as like a narrative based thing. This first session means everything to us. This first, but the the last time they did it in this format was '93, the year that we won in Europe. Like word i don't know why they did that but he's just so adamant about it and as a usa backer i'll i guess i hedge it a little bit i think europe is going to come out the gate strong i think they're gearing up to come out the gate strong and maybe they'll run out of fatigue on sunday like we were talking about so yeah i do think europe will come out of the gate strong four yeah. four and a half to one and five to one i mean honestly adam like i, I i'm not gonna get like you those are very formidable teams from team europe it's, it's kind of hard to poke holes in a majority of those teams would you would agree right or no no i don't think i would i wouldn't necessarily agree that they're not strong teams i would agree that they are strong teams i just think i trust cantlay and xander specifically at this venue this is a patrick cantlay golf course drive it long and straight make putts on bent grass greens cantlay I am extraordinarily high on Cantlay. I think he's a great match play player. Who yeah. likes playing with Patrick Cantlay? No one except for Xander. And that's why they're such a, a great team in this format because playing with Cantlay, most players don't enjoy it. So like he uses that to his advantage in this format. So for me, there is not a team on Europe in this session who I would be no. believe could beat them. So I'm giving okay. Cantlay and Xander a point. And yeah. so for me from there, I think the U.S. needs one point. If they can split 2-2 in the opening session, I will feel fantastic about it. And which of these three teams do you really think? Obviously, it'll be this is a somewhat of a coin flip. I'm just saying Brooks Kepka and Scotty Scheffler against any of those four teams, I will expect them to win the match. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah, I, I agree. I just fucking hope ZJ makes the right decision. I think he will, honestly. But again, I just think like Hoblin and Ludwig, I think they, they're going to play great. And I don't know. I think like Fitz has kind of been playing decent, honestly. And if it's Fitz Rory, I think that's a pretty good team. But again, I, I have some hesitations about Tommy. And um, like, I, I, I think that Wyndham, I mean, I think, Colin and Max could beat Tommy and Sepp and I or Sepp and yeah uh, I mean or um Tommy and whoever basically I so basically, I think it's gonna be two two basically if Sepp plays the alt shot and this is we love Sepp the, the, the confidence that Sepp's bringing to the table down the stretch in big events 
I don't think you can question Sepp's guts or heart. Like I, I genuinely yeah. think he's a baller and I think he'll step up and, and play well, but it's hard to say that a team with Sepp Straka in alt shot yeah. will be favored over any of the American combinations yeah, that could possibly be put out there. And because of that, I just have confidence in this first session that again, they can get a two, two split and that may be, that's not going to guarantee anything, but that's, a that's a win for, that's a check mark in our box. If we get a two, two split out the gates, hundred percent. Yeah. I agree with that. And so then you go into the afternoon four ball and you're, I would assume that every guy who's on the bench is going to play except maybe Bobby Mack. It, it going back to how they, the European side played in, uh, the last Ryder Cup, Weisberger, shout out, burned, didn't play the first day, and then he showed up and played alt shot to start the second day. I tend to think that there's it's unlikely that Bob Mack would play alt shot, but if he followed that same format, yeah. maybe they save him to come out the next morning. Like that could happen. Um, but I tend to think that everybody's on the bench will play in the afternoon, except maybe Bob Mack. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's fair. And then I think you probably have to sit one of like whoever of Rose Lowry and Seth played in the morning. Yeah. I think you would sit one of them, right? Yep. That's what I would assume that it would be. And I think like, obviously the U S has a handful of players that seemingly when you combine this course and the format, it's a great fit. We talked about Ricky. We talked about Clark. We talked about Burns. Those are all guys that you would expect to succeed in this type of format. I actually, this is the area where I actually am probably higher on Europe than the average. Like I'm lesser than, I think I'm lesser than whatever the market average is opinion on them in, 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 alt, shot. in alt shot, which I think that, and because of that, I'm more confident in the US overall because I think the alt shot format is crucial. I think there's some guys who are sneaky interesting in the four ball for Europe. Guys like Hoygaard who's won at this course, played well here all three times, drives it super well, and is a streaky player. Can make a ton of birdies, can cause a lot of, make a lot of mistakes as well. You got Sepp, Aberg. Like, I actually think the four ball, <laughs> Europe's a little sneakier than they, than like people might be assuming. What is your guys' opinion on that? Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I, I agree, honestly. I, I and I don't think that U.S. automatically gets so much better um, in four ball. I, I think they're they're pretty equal in, in both. I, I don't know. I just I just don't know how the like all shot is so weird. I, I honestly can't even from twenty twenty one. Like I watch a lot of it. I can't remember one time that someone left someone in a bad position. Other the only all shot thing I can remember is Jordan Spieth yeah. hitting it on the side of it. Everything else, I can't remember. Like, Great oh, putt, he Justin. left him with a he. Yeah, of course you missed, but like, I can't remember someone leaving in a, someone in a horrible spot or them boning them. I just don't know. I, it's hard. It'll for happen me to more get here, in my opinion. hundred percent, and it's a way harder. Wrestling's hard, but like, this is a tough course. There's a lot of long irons. Like, this is they're not going to be winning. They're, people aren't going to go out and make a bunch of birdies. Like, I just don't know. I just think once we get to, I know we're trending towards that, but once we get to Saturday afternoon i just think the u.s's depth is gonna kind of creep up on the, that's what i'm uh, saying and i don't 
this is this is not a quantifiable thing and we're talking about the course fits the narratives but i'm planning my flag and talking about the moment i don't i feel like this moment is too big for the bottom half of europe and i feel like we don't have those guys like you can the most un, who's the most who's the most unproven guy on the u.s team it's ricky in my opinion okay exactly it's ricky fowler on all that that whole i guess bottom five of europe I don't like we've seen Ludwig play so so good and as soon as the pressure hits he looks like a different guy and this is going to be nothing like this like it's going to be 10 times that and the the guards the Bob Max I just don't like I it's unquantifiable but I'm planting my flag and I just don't think even though it's in Europe in Europe I don't I think it's going to be a massive factor like these guys are going to like show their DP World Tour guts I'm I'm saying it like I truly yeah. think it's going to happen I ag- agree that again it's an, it's not it's not a quantifiable thing it's just an opinion. And I think on the US side going back to like which is the less least proven player I might say Max honestly like what? Like Max well, has yeah. never Ricky's at least shit. contended down the stretch in majors and like come very close to winning. I Max is one of my favorite players. Yeah, he's go. I think he's going to play very well this week. He's if I was going to bet just one player like top overall points, I think max around eighteen to one is a totally fine bet with how much he's going to probably play. What do you make it? Like, what are your odds on that? (laughs) Yeah, I got to crunch the numbers. I think I made it like plus eighteen fifty. Okay, we got a slight, we got a slight edge there. Um, but I think max, but max when it comes down to when he does get into the mix, even though it's in regular tournaments, he's never been a guy who like just you know. Blows and up, yeah, you still up. trust him a lot more than that bottom half of Europe, right? Oh. In the, no, in the I, I don't. I, I don't. I think Max is at, couldn't be more proven, and he went four zero at the Presidents Cup. So that's kind of where Max, I, Max I don't. Looks Max, so, Max looks so stoic and like into the moment in every single tournament. Like he, that guy get he gets, is, hears more noise than anyone. He's just like, every, no matter what it is, right? And I think that's been the thing for me since day whatever long ago when the odds were America's was heavy favorites and apparently we're not anymore is we're debating whether Max Homa, a, a proven winner on the PGA tour or Ricky Fowler, or even Sam Burns should probably be in this conversation. Well, Har- too. Harman's definitely in the conversation. Yeah. But I at least Harman's a, so. Harman's a major champion now, which yeah. like you can't take away from Home him. Cold. We go over to the European side and I mean, to be fair, I think I texted you guys before the Scottish Open and said that Bob Mack has no chance of playing well whatsoever. So my track record of saying Bob Mack is going to suck isn't necessarily good. It would, be, it would be stunning if he did anything of note in this event, in my opinion. Like, he may have a good shot. He may chip in. He might do something cool. But if Bob Mack is a meaningful impact in this event, I think it would be a surprise, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I I don't disagree, but I just think Ryder Cup in Europe, he's won at the course. He's not a sound golfer, but he's he's fucked in majors. Like he's you know, he's shown up in big events. So I'm not I'm I think Nico has a worse showing. I agree with you, Brian. I think Nico has a worse showing. Like and I'm I not a DP Nico. connoisseur. I'm not a DP connoisseur, but I don't know. I think Bobby. Bobby you did. You're, you. Uh, you're on Bjork at the Omega European Masters. That <laughs> you, <was> a, <laughs> you know. You literally know. <laughs> like Bobby. that was a good. That was a good pick. Versus uh, no, Bjork. Him, oh but, uh, no! And uh, <laughs> Omega was a good pick. I don't know if Bjork at the uh, at uh, Golf National last week was. It was actually I hadn't listened to like any 
no laying up content and I've just been busy. haven't had time to listen. I listened to, I think it was right after the pairings came out and somebody asked like, I'm surprised Bjork didn't get a, uh, <laughs> get, get a closer look. Like his numbers are off the charts. And I just started laughing because it's like. He's on, he's on like if there's a next six guys, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Maybe. Like, where's Bjork? <laughs> I mean, he loses like a stroke off the tee every single round. Like Josh. he is. <laughs> in but case... he's just like a modern day like Luke Donald. Honestly. He's. No. He... Speaking of Luke Donald, not to get up. Yeah. Fuck Luke Donald. Like. I was genuinely shocked on his Wikipedia yesterday when I looked up his major record. I wasn't intending to look up his major record. I just pulled up Luke Donald on Wikipedia. And for a former number one player in the world, and I'm sure Europeans at this point are are pissed at everything that's been spoken about on this podcast. So this is not offense to Luke Donald, a respectable player and a nice guy, it seems like. He played in a, I don't, I don't know how many total majors here. He was the number one player in the world. And there, his stretch in, I mean, when was he pl- number one player in the world? I think what, like 2011, 2012. What year did Luke Donald become the number one player? Okay. I mean, he has some time. 20, 2011, 2011. But if, who, like yeah. <laughs> his stretch from, his stretch from 2010 to 2012 at his very best was cut in the masters t47 us open t11 cut t4 t45 cut t8 t32 cut t5 t32 we would be destroying whoever like is if that was today and there was all the the takes that go around with golf we would be like what's going on here right not to not i don't this is another whole nother podcast (laughs) i because i i love wikipedia when you have some free time, we'll talk about it. Go look at the 2011 PGA Tour season. It is the worst season of golf I've ever seen in my entire life. The worst, every event was like the worst golfer you could ever think of one. Like, I think golf was at such a bad place in 2011 and there were no superstars. And Luke just like finished top five every week and won on the DP and won a couple um, PGA Tour that. If the golf was so bad, it's more of a reflection of that. But let's do a deep dive on the 2011 yeah. PGA Tour season. What? Like, I was genuinely separate. I was like, this can't, I, I, cause I remember him, this, like, I remember him going up against Tiger in one of the PGAs. Maybe that was when he finished T3 or T8, because those were his two PGAs. Yeah. Like, but I just had in my head that Luke Donald mixed in a lot of majors, but <laughs> like, he, he didn't. So, anyways advantage us when it comes to the uh yeah captain, i mean captain, ZJ. <laughs> captain's uh major track record now i'm con- let's quickly talk just about the captains in general since we're on the topic i am concerned about how zach johnson has been speaking every time that he goes to talk i want to believe that the u.s is only going to just go by the numbers and maybe have a little gut in there but largely just try to do the right things do do we trust him to make the right decisions? I would say that I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because he's been an underdog who surprised people in his career. Like that's what he's done. He's won two majors. Like you got to respect that. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt up until two o'clock tomorrow when the pairings come out. And then I'm going to assess the situation based on what the pairings are. What is your guys' take so far or belief in? Yeah, I don't think it matters. Like, I just, I don't think it matters how he acts. There's, I I just think the U.S. team has evolved so much that it's not like, oh, Zach Johnson's like, oh, I kind of like, 
Yeah. I kind of like Sam Burns and Scotty, so I'm going to put him out. Like, he has to be have data and shit back him up. And, so and, that is my opinion. And I agree with you. And I think that's what's confused me a little bit about, like, how much steam there is behind Europe. Just because a lot of the times then I, you know, the takes are, oh, they haven't won in Europe in forever. Oh, you know, camaraderie, all this stuff. Like, I tend to believe that what the U.S. did in 2021 and showed a different way of thinking and how they go about it, that there's no one right now to me on the U.S. team that's going to put themselves above the team. Like, if JT or Spieth is playing terrible, I think they're going to put their hand up and say, like, I shouldn't be playing anymore or whoever that may be. I don't know, Matt, do you... That's my sense of the U.S. team, and that's one of the reasons why I have so much confidence, because one of the big negatives historically and why Europe has had success is because that hasn't been the case necessarily with the U.S. team. I tend to believe that it's just a different way of thinking amongst the, both the team. Yeah, and- I think it's just so subjective. Whatever Zach, whatever Zach does, obviously he's going to get criticized. He's the captain of the USA Ryder Cup team. But like, look at uh, just this past week, Stacey Lewis throughout a, a foursome squad on Monday, uh, whatever, Friday morning, everyone was like, what the hell? And we swept it. So he can look so stupid or so smart, and there's no like, right or wrong answer. I don't really think he could fuck up that badly. Yeah. Like, what would he What would he do that's just so abnormally bad? Yeah, like that put Burns get? out and, and all chat. Like, I just, I don't think there's really much. I don't, I, I, I think that, that, exactly. He could, he could do something crazy and it, like, work out totally like, yeah. awesome, like what Stacey Lewis did. I know they didn't win. Yeah, it's hard it was, to. There's, there's no right or wrong. There's such a small. There's one Ryder Cup. He gets to be the captain once. That's a small sample size. He could make all the wrong decisions and win, and he could make all the right decisions and lose. Totally agree, um, with that. So, we mentioned the Sunday singles. We know the strength of, or depth, I guess, of the U.S. side. Maybe the weakness of the bottom of the U.S. team and or of the European team, and I think again, going back to why I have confidence in the US side is the singles has been decisive. It's 11, is it 11 of the yeah. last 12 where the Shout winner has done Sobel. it? Sat out Sobel with that stat. Sobel had a lot of, uh, a lot of picks out there this week, his article. Did he pick <laughs> he, side? Not, I, he, I think he picked a side, but he had a lot of picks. So shout out I Sobel. Listen to Sobel. Out I listen article. to every Sobel. I listen to Sobel's two o'clock show every single day, by the way. Fun fact. Do you, do you enjoy him talking about golf? Like, could he hang on Tib? Um, I like, yes, he's smart. Like he's not watching right now. So I cannot stand Michael Collins. Like I think he has the worst, <laughs> worst takes in the world, but Sobel, great guy. Very smart. Knows his shit. Keep going. Yeah. No beef with Sobel. And, nope. and he's connected in the game and gets good people. Like he, I think that show, yeah. I don't, I've been listening to it, but I assume there's a lot of like yeah, players and stuff that, yeah, come on. Yeah. So I guess of besides maybe against Harmon, would any of these players be fa- are, are any of these players going to be favored against any of the any person that they could possibly play on the US side? McIntyre. Besides, no. I don't think so. Hoygaard. No. Uh, Rose, maybe. Yeah, but maybe it, like Rose. So that's like, like what that's, is the, I I talked about it with Jeff. What is the line Rose versus Harmon? Minus one twenty Harmon. Right. That's kind of yeah. what I, it's dead even. I think Rose, I do not expect Rose to play well because of the course fit. I think he's like, his driving is a very much. His driving has been crazy recently. Like he, he has 
Ben. Yeah, I mean, like, he lost... I mean, to be fair, he's had some bad driving performances. He lost over a stroke per round at the Scottish, over a stroke per round at the Open, barely gained at FedEx, lost a little at BMW, and gained a little... At... What major? What what major was he? Was that Oak Hill where he was like in the mix a little bit? No, he, he was good at Oak Hill. He was Alpha good at T. He couldn't have been, was he? Because he was like he had to gain a million stroke short game. He short... I test, I test, I test. Off, I he he lost point six per round. Oh, his accuracy at, at Oak Hill was awful. But he yeah. fucked he was scrambling with his irons. Like... His irons okay. were electric. Red he, okay, yeah, he gained almost eight shots. Of the well, I think the books are like he's not going to play that much. They know. So. Yeah, so I guess Harmon Rose is a coin flip. Sep is Sep favored over anyone besides Harmon on the US side? Like no, like, I, they, like it's I Harman is so. beating Sep. It Lowry, who is Lowry favored over? Lowry's kind of fucking. Lowry's favored over Burns. I don't know. I don't know. And so I this is like I like I have probably over the last couple of weeks like I'm starting to come around to some of the like European side of the perspective. Yeah. Like, I get some of yeah. it. They're obviously yeah. playing better. It's just hard for me after, like, how is it, like, how, how does it actually happen where it's not a surprise? That's the thing to me. Yeah. Like, there needs to be, everybody who's pro, like, Europe and saying that they should be favored or whatever, like, that's what the odds are saying that right now, are going to be the same people who are surprised when Sepp Straka beats uh, Wyndham Clark or whoever, like, the narrative of how Europe wins feels like it has to be with upset victories, but they're now favored right. to win the event. That's where I guess that's like my current I, feeling. I, I was saying, I'm more. Com- I just don't understand how Europe wins Sunday singles. Have no clue because I think our Top Guns could take out their Top Guns because they'll be a little bit more fresh and they're obviously very close. And then I think our bottom guys who will be matched up against each other. It's not like it, they will be matched up. I think they have a really strong showing and. I think when you talk about the Homa, Colin, Wyndham, I think they're all, those those guys against Europe's middle guys, they're going to beat them. So part of That's me be is like, fight. part of me is like, I like U.S. to win. They're going to win. But part of me is like, why wouldn't I just bet them to win Sunday singles? Because it's just the, so different than what's the odds of Sunday singles? Versus... They're like plus one ten, plus one fifteen. Hammer. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I'm like it, bet, but bet both. at the same time, yeah, I think I'm gonna bet both. Like I think if things get shaky in the team format, can US still? If US is getting blown out, like I how think you look back to 2018, the US team wasn't that good. Like they have guys you look back on it two year two one years later and be like, what were they doing on the team? Yeah. Bubba Watson, Webb Simpson, Tiger, Phil. Like, it also yeah, why was Tiger on the team? And it's not just the players, too. It was the strategy of how they were they like paired and used at Golf National. Like we're putting Phil and Bryson out there on a positional course, like yeah. together. And so, I mean, Tiger was tired. Like, re- you look back at it and you're like, what were we even yeah. doing there? So, I guess, like, if assuming that we're smarter about it now and we approach it in a, a more logical way, what is the path for Europe's victory? And I'll, and I'll start that, like, I think the only thing that I'm concerned about, it's not the fit of the course at all. I think the US fits this course great. I think the US has a, a litany of players who this is a perfect setup for to me 
the crowd and getting the players rattled is to me the 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 path. I, like if it comes down to golf, I genuinely don't. I think the U.S. has the the edge there. What do you like? How what is the how does Europe win if they win in your guys' like? Opinion? It just I feel like yeah. You always say America has the better team and like they just show up in Europe and suck. I don't think it's going to be like that this year, but I just think the oh like I just think the history and the home advantage and Ludver Ludwig and Lowry just going nuclear um is kind of the the um and like Burns and US making some bad decisions with Burns and stuff like that but I don't think that's going to happen. So I I I'm, I feel more confident in the US like after this. I guess Matt just like playing devil's advocate like if on, let's say going into Sunday signals, Europe has gained a, a solid lead where it's like, even if they lost singles, they could win. Because if we're saying that the U.S. is such a solid, yeah, you know, we're basically saying that the lead needs to be somewhat formidable going into that. Yeah. What is it? Are there certain U.S. players that play bad is it decisions is it like how like i guess just paint the picture of if well, we're sitting there what we're happened? talking about that this that european one to four being slightly better but not overwhelmingly better than the u.s one to four if that if that european one to four just wipes us out the first three days which is not out of the out of the equation and i think that's the that's the formula for them to do it like that one to four no one would be surprised if you you say the one to four is better than our U.S. one to four. If they just take control of the first three days and we're just have two days getting too much of a hole. Yeah, two two days we just get in too much of a hole, and they still continue to wipe the one to four on Sunday. Then that's the path I would say. But I don't. But again, I think it's too even where they don't do that. I don't know. Also, I think this is only semi related. I think part of the reason that the U.S. has gone to plus 110, if you look at like how the odds have moved, is because the tie has gone from like plus 1,200 down to like yeah. plus 1,000. I tend to think that's just because the Solheim Cup was a tie. I mean, it's like it like. But I also think I books think people, are like books are like it's very close. But <laughs> I think the tie is a lot more. It's I I don't think you would be surprised if it was a tie. I think most people's pick. If you had to pick, you would. If you had to pick, you would say like 15 to 13 U.S. 16 if, to 12, maybe. 17 to 11. You th- you think it could be 17 no. to 11? I mean, to be no. fair, I was looking at the, I think the alt spread was like four or something, like win by four or whatever was like plus 450 or something, which I think is is interesting. Definitely um, but, but I will, like, I'm not quite as confident as I was, you know, even at the beginning of the week, just like now that I've dug into the numbers a little bit yeah. closely, like I, I, I see the path. Again, it's just everything we've talked about here when it comes down to who the people on the European side are that are going to defeat the middle kind of depth of the U.S. team. I think that's like has to happen for Europe to win. And that's where I still struggle of who those. If we lose any of those bottom bottom tier matchups, we're in trouble. (laughs) But. We're not. I don't think we're going to. But if we lose those bottom tier matchups, we're in like who? trouble. Like the, the the bottom four on Sunday, and then if those bottom oh, four yeah, go, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. go out, go out on when they play their handful of matches on. Like Friday like I have Saturday. said, the Ryder Cup will come down to Harmon Sunday singles. If Harmon, that's my that's my test for the week. What would if Harmon wins Sunday oh, singles? Yeah. Like we're good. 
what would be going outside of like what we think is going to happen and now just into the realm of, of vibes and like the taking your own, like just most entertaining thing that could happen, which Sunday singles matchup, if you could just like, that was the one to decide the Ryder cup. What is the tastiest matchup? If you like that, you would pick Ron Brooks. Come give me that. I, I think it's definitely Brooks from the U S side. Like, I think it's got to like, Yeah. BK, who's which U.S. guy are you sending know. out there? I, I don't like know. The... I, what, who is it actually going to come down to, though? Like, I don't know. I think one of Colin Wyndham, uh, Max. Like, I think Max and Wyndham realistically would be oh. like my guys. Like, I, I want to come down to them a little bit, to be honest. I mean, against like Rose or Lowry. Yeah, I think Wendy, like even Wind, like not against Rory, Wendy against anyone in S- Sunday singles if it's really important is going to be yeah. so vibey. The yeah. club twirl win. Give me a club twirl. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I was actually looking at his, I pulled up his Twitter and in his US Open thing, he posted the full clip of the twirl. That was actually probably my favorite golf moment of the year, without a doubt. Um, that twirl on 18, on 18 was unbelievable. And to like not d- totally hijacking. To just never twirl or show emotion in your entire golf career. And then on the 18th hole of Saturday, after you just made a, a bogey or a double, you literally unleash the most ferocious club twirl of all time. And it hits the pin and you make birdie. <laughs> like, I, that was the sickest golf moment of the year by far. Oh, I mean, like, I had nobody in the fight whatsoever watching that. Yeah, and like, I mean, you I, had Wyndham. So I, I, like no that was the thing i honestly was like kind of annoyed watching because i like literally was there and said wendy looks so good and then did not chase it when he did that like i almost like rose out of my seat i was like this is yeah. it was one of the wildest moves yeah was, <laughs> we're gonna have we're gonna have one of those moments this week yeah. just i mean last president's cup we had the max putt that was pretty sick but like i know it wasn't really a fight but we're gonna have something like that. what i'm excited about too is you forget about it but like there's almost always at least a handful, at least one like rules kerfuffle, not like a fight necessarily, but where it becomes like Brooks with the, I think it was yeah. Brooks last, last time. There's always something. And Keegan that's why. Miguel. Yeah. Like the, I could see Wendy getting like mixing it up. Brooks, Matt, like there's so a, if Brooks sucks, like get yeah, the you, money back. We haven't talked about, PGA. we haven't talked about Brooks, but he like, has like, to show up. Like, if he goes anything like even five hundred, it's fine with me. But he's got to show up. But what do like, you think? He, like, he got his middling performance out of the way last week. I'm happy he played. Yeah, he, I think he, I looked. He I watched it. He's okay, using the yeah. sim. Yeah, yeah. The, reported by uh, Matt Gannon. I think you broke the yeah. news that he, he had can't switched. miss a par putt. But it, like, okay, so fir- I- first hole, like Brooks, and not I don't know how Scotty could ever leave Brooks with a six footer. Truly. I, it has, has Scotty ever had a six footer in his life? Um, for par, for par, not for Brooks. Um, yeah. I, Brooks can't miss, but if Brooks misses his first par putt, hedge immediately. <laughs> you cash out, cash out. But like, what do you actually, how do you think he's actually going to play? Do you think he's going to play good? You, you have know. no opinion on Brooks? I, I don't know. I, I hope Juris, he, Juris, you're I the, hope. you watch live more than anybody. What did like, <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely think that you do. No beef, like no beef. No be- no, not like, a dig. Not no, a dig. no beef. So I'll let you be the decider on Brooks. What do we get from Brooks this week? Well, no, you are the. I mean, Brooks, Brooks guy is my guy. You, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. that he needs to play in a, a a week before 
before yeah, he exactly. plays in a big event. So he did it, and he doesn't have to necessarily play great the week before. He didn't play bad. He didn't play good. Middling result, whatever. Didn't look bad. Didn't look great. So I think he's vibing. He's just Brooks. Brooks is Brooks. Brooks is Brooks. His comments were very Brooks-like. Sounds like a dick in the press room. Like, that's what we want from Brooks. Uh, put him out there with Cantlay. Let's fucking do it. Like, I want to see Brooks look awesome, and I think he will do well. Yeah, he's a savage. He's a gamer. He's a gamer. And yeah, we're almost wrapping up here, but on that point of a fantasy pairings, t- now stepping away from like what's actually going to happen and what is legitimately, <laughs> if you were captain, I think four balls is like a good spot because I think we've talked about there's only so many combinations of the foursomes like teams that make sense. What is a pairing that you are like, this is a lock this is my squad that I'm sending out there. That's a little off the cuff. Cause I think my Brooks... squad, my squad would be Wyndham Harmon. That is, a, that's, that could happen. I, I like that. That could happen. Like, cause if Wendy and, and Harmon are going to sit like, cause I was just said it last time. They had the two sets of two yeah. that only did. It could be Wendy Harmon, but probably not, but it would, it would be sick. That two major, two, be sick. two major, two majors. Champions. I hit two. That would <laughs> awesome. Probably, probably, probably like, Brooks Canley just to totally throw the other team off. I know it would never happen, but like I, that'd be funny. I think it. I th- that's the thing. I just I mean, think they'd this, be they'd be good. I, like I'm not crossing off the possibility. Probably on either side. I think maybe on the European side, just because there's the top players have to play a certain like number of matches. I don't put any possible pairing past the U.S. Like I think every yeah. there's they, legitimately they if it. If somebody is hot, wins a couple matches, and he wasn't as like I think the second day, especially the last session four ball, could be that's probably the most random thing to try to guess right now is like who goes out there. Yeah. In that. And I think on the European side. Like, yeah, Aberg with anybody is gonna be interesting. Rory, Rom, or I think Sep with anybody also. Sep could be vibey with anybody. Yeah, I just I don't know how the data points. In all I don't think Nikolai is friends with anyone besides like Bob Mack, like truly. Like, I don't think Nikolai's talked to Rory outside of this week, so <laughs> that'd be weird. I th- they, I think they, they played like a long time ago. I think Abu Dhabi with Thomas Peters. Shout yeah, out I just people. can't. I can't imagine Nico being like a story. Like I know you said, like I that would be so crazy. I agree. Like. Nikolai Hogard is like I love him player. too, and I just don't see. It. I do not see it here. I know he's played well here. I just don't see him playing well in this moment on this scale. This is massive. Who do you think is so? You think Bobby Max more likely to do something like meaningful than yeah, Hogard? Sure. Yeah, and I and you know my thoughts on Bobby Mack, even though Brian like knows I bet him here and there. I think he's an unserious golfer, and I don't think he. I think Nikolai's career is way better, better than Bobby Max, but I think Bobby Mack in this spot has a better chance because bobby max i at least proven it to do some cool things in big moments whereas nikolai really has not that's fair one more guy i think we've we haven't touched on much and i think he's a critical piece of the puzzle for europe based on how he's played in Ryder cups previously but now he's us open champion and he comes here matt what are you expecting from fitzpatrick this week like his season was so weird, like so random. Obviously, that win at R- at RBC was crazy. I mean, came out of nowhere, I guess. And then he picked it up the last X amount of weeks. So yeah. he's playing good golf at the right time. Um, unlike Do... Lowry's, he didn't really pick it up. So I think he's a pro- could be a problem. I mean, Fitz's driver putter. 
Yeah. How do we think about what happened at the Omega European Masters? Was that Fitz? Because some people, like, this is maybe how I would think about it. He was eight to one favorite coming into the event, pretty much dominated the tournament for the first three days. Probably would have been up even more on Saturday. He had an awful iron shot into the water that cost him even more of his lead. Aberg ends up winning. Sorry, Auberg. Ludwig Oberg. ends up Oberg. Ludwig ends up winning. Ludwig is, you know, gets all the hype for that, and to some degree, deserving. He finished strong, but like, what? That's a. I don't like. I think there's there's a lot of you know positivity for Ludwig because of what happened there. Isn't there also some negativity of what happened to Fitzpatrick's there? And then you look at Fitzpatrick's record here in the Ryder Cup historically. I, yeah, I, I personally don't think anything you do on Sunday at a tournament a month ago matters in the Ryder Cup. And he's I, been I, playing I good that. around that. He's not, It wasn't just like that one tournament where he, he popped up. He started to play well the latter half of the season into this DP. No, not really. I mean, he really just played well at the BMW, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think Fair. he played... I think he like picked it up at the the. Um, he, no, you're, no, you're right. You're right he was T18, but still, that's yeah. better than him being average until. Yeah, which, yeah, which yeah I, I don't think it matters. I, I like. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I I'm not be surprised if he played well. Yeah, I'm not saying that's a negative for how he's going to play. I think it's just like more of the narrative of what happened at Omega yeah. being like you know it's only seen as a positive because yeah. Ludwig played well, but I just think in general, Fitzpatrick is kind of, will be he's he's the unlike he's seen as a top level player in the european tide is he absolutely should be he's, he's only one of him and rom have won majors kind of in this stretch but his history obviously not great one of those being when he was a much younger player i just think he's in very it's hard like i just don't know what to expect from him and i think it's a key like aspect to what ends up playing out yeah because he's, no, he's think, a guy that one, they expect to play one, well one of Rose, Fitz, um, Sep, and um, who, am, who, who am I missing? Tommy? No, not Tommy. Like, one of those three have to be great for Europe to have a chance. Fitz, Lowry, or Rose? Is that Fitz, Lowry, Rose. One of them, or Sep. I'll throw Sep in there. One of them have to be unbelievable for them to win. I, and I would, what I would do is I'd add Ludwig in there and say that, like, two of those five yeah, have to yeah. play remarkably well. Great. Yeah, and then you have to assume that Fleetwood and Hatton play to the level that they're capable of Correct. of playing as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we covered some good ground here. To end, give me maybe summary of how you think the week's going to play out. What's your What's your take? Who wins? Maybe, I, I've said, maybe a guess, I, but, but like, like, what's I've your, se- I said it months ago. I think the Ryder Cup's going to come down to Homa. Wyndham and Colin, if they all fuck, U.S. is going to win. I'm going to say Europe Europe gets off to a hot start. People are already Vic lapping. People are already saying, I look at uh, your team USA sucks. What the fuck is JT doing on the team? Uh, we get off to a good afternoons, off afternoon Friday, and then we cruise from there. So that's my, that's my take. If the U.S. wins... And let's if it's a coin flip, I think that's one thing. I think if they win like relatively easily, that's a different thing. Do all the Europe people? I assume I have, that, I, I have I, receipts. I assume that they just say like, "Oh, it was value. It was the, it was the better." Yeah. Bet. Like I assume, I assume that's going to be the reaction, right? Yeah, I would. Assume, <laughs> I, I there are some people I, I will will go at for sure. We got to talk about this, Brian. 
And I think to be fair, like the opposite's true. Like I've been pro US. Yeah. If they lose, like I'll put my hand up and and say that I was wrong. But I think, yeah, I mean, like in summary, I think the narrative has gone too far. On like I get it people act now as if the odds or the books didn't know that the US had not been good in Europe historically coming into the Ryder Cup. They've they've known that since the odds came out two years ago. Like the they've known that that's going to be played in Rome, that there's going to be an away crowd. Yes, the European team has improved at the top. Hovland's playing great. They're, you know, certain guys are playing well. I just just when it comes down to playing golf, I don't see what has changed so much over this period of time. That's why I'm pro US. That's what uh I'll be going I'm also this week. pro US. I'm very pro US. And I think too. So I guess one other thing. I don't think I plan on really betting many other things. I'm just going to bet the US mainly because like we've bet golf every single week. We bet random guys that we don't really care about and we get into it because like we just have money on them for that week and they become our favorite golfer for the week. It's so rare to like just both go out, t- make a stand that this is what you believe is going to happen. And then it also is the U S and I'm American. Like to me, I just kind of want to get into it and just solely focus on trying the U S trying to win versus yeah. worry. Like who's getting how many points or like, yeah, Oh, who's yeah, like, yeah. like, like I'm going to, I care about it. Like I'm going to write it up. I'll probably do like a few small bets just for fun, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm just going to solely focus. Yeah. I'm not betting a bunch it. of props. I'm going to bet like a few matchups, but like my, my thought process is like, I usually invest like, 450 a week on outrights and if i don't win i don't it, i don't even think twice about it so like i'm willing to lose that on because the, the, bonus, US, the at bonus at least at least but just in general like yeah if you, whatever you bet on a regular week in golf outrights you should bet on a side or at least yeah. bet on props and shit um and then i'll probably bet i'm not betting a bunch of props because i don't want to only win 500 or 750 and then be like, Oh, well I lost 200 on X, Y, Z. Like I'd rather just, I think too, like either on, on Sunday, either want to feel complete euphoria that the U S won. And that was just the bet I had or devastation. They lost. And I was completely wrong. Like I've I've accepted that those are the fates when it comes down to like placing a bet, there's nothing more high stakes than whether you're going to feel fantastic or terrible. So that's the approach. I'm mad. Are you, how many is that kind of, are you doing a lot? of? No, I agree. Or? I ha- hammered us. I, I wrote up a few prop bets, but they're very minor. It's, it's I'm just with you on the side. Just going to go heavy on that. Cause I mean, the prop bets, when it boils down to it, they're going to go a certain way, but at the end of the day, they need, you want us to win. So you're just rooting for the majority. I don't want to get too into the weeds with it. Yeah. With it. Totally agree. Well, by, not that much time into tomorrow when you wake up. We will have the yeah, Ryder Cup pairings. We've been waiting quite some time. They'll be here tomorrow. I'll uh, hop on afterwards and uh, talk a little bit about the pairings. And I'm sure there's some stuff that we talked about today that will already be incorrect when the pairings come out tomorrow. And it'll uh, make our thinking change a little bit. And then we'll be live each uh, day after the golf. We'll be waking up early to catch all the action and uh, catalog what's taking place for those who want to sleep in a little bit more. So... Good luck, gentlemen. Good luck to the U.S. Uh, We might talk a little bit more this weekend. We'll see. But uh, thanks for coming on. Have a good night, everybody. So, good night.